Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. you in God's house. Are you glad you're here? I, last week, if you were with us either in person or online, you watched me struggle a little bit, right? Struggled to breathe. And uh, Monday got even worse. And then I made a recovery and I started doing some stuff around the house. And then Friday was the all-time worst. I thought I was dying. I saw the light and I was going, come take me, right? And against my um, manly fortitude. And at the wishes of my wife, I went to the doctor and they gave me drugs and I am 124% better. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some of you don't care and that's fine. That's totally fine. I feel better. And so this morning, I tack. Good to see you. This morning, just be prepared. I'm, we're about to get we're about to get really excited about this message today. I can't wait to unpack um, what God has for you and for me. I even brought my own furniture. Look, I got a table from Amazon, and we'll, I hope it stays together because the other one weighed 175 pounds and was welded together. This one, the bottom keeps falling off, and I don't know what to do about it. Jake, help me. Get, okay, we're going to figure this out. Are you, seriously, are you glad you're here? I am too. Last week, as we began talking about what it looks like to be a disciple-making church, I shared kind of the first step of that with you, which was, We want to begin and end with walking with God. It's this relationship with the Heavenly Father who loves you. And it's not just religious. It's not just practice. It's not a duty. But it is the delight of being in a relationship with Almighty God of grace who created you, spoke life into you, and He just wants to be with you. And we talked about prayer and worship and in time in God's word and what that means for us. And it's good stuff. And as we continue, I want us to talk about this next step. Once we know Jesus, once we're in this right and loving and beautiful relationship with him, now we enjoy that privilege. Now we have a responsibility. What do we do with that? What do we do with this relationship with God, this walk with God? The second step I want to share with you, and we're going to unpack this today and then live it out for many years to come, is we want to be a people who reach our world. You, okay, I say that, and in your heart you're going, yeah, that sounds right, that feels right. And a few of you had the courage to say amen. 
We cannot contain the love of God that is in us when it comes into us and we experience the fullness and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. When that is real for us, we cannot help but want the people around us to know that, to experience that, to see it, to enjoy it, to breathe it in. We want that for them. And so let's talk about that a little bit together this morning. There are over 10,000 world religions. They are being added daily, new world religions. And all these religions all deal with one simple goal, one simple goal, to find peace with the problems of the world. That's what religion deals with. We want to find peace with the problems of the world. For some of those world religions, the peace is found in not being associated with other people and the way they deal with the problems. But I would say, in light of all that, that religion, the real problem is that religions don't solve anything. Religion does not fix anything. Let me say it this way. You cannot outlast an eternal God. No matter how far, no matter how long, no matter how strong, no, you cannot outlast an eternal God. You cannot outthink or outwit an omniscient God. He knows everything. You cannot figure him out. You cannot outthink him. You cannot outmuscle an omnipotent God. He is all powerful. You're not ever going to be strong enough to satisfy what God wants for you. You will never outrun. You will never outrun an eternal God. You can't outpace him. All these religions are built in such a way that if you do this, you get this. If you do this, then you get this. And God looks at us and says, the problem is you're still covered in your sin. Nothing you can do can ever satisfy that. Only Jesus can make that right for you. Okay? So this is what we're talking about. Reaching our world means... It's built around this reality, Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah 50, and we're going to be all over the place in some scriptures today. Isaiah 53, 6, and it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have turned everyone to his own way. It's why they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, all trying to make peace with God. And the reality is, the only peace with God is found in Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what this is. Our only hope is not that we would do enough. It's not that we could be enough. Our only hope is that God would have mercy on us. We need that. We need that from him. And so as we talk about reaching our worlds, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to, do feel, I don't want you to feel guilty because you're not doing enough. 
I want you to see that Jesus is enough and that when you fall in love with him, you're going to do the things he's asked you to do. And when we do the things he's asked us to do, people will see it and be drawn to that light like mosquitoes to the Dynatrap in my backyard this summer, right? Remember Bug's Life? They're like, I can't help it, right? They're, they're just going to come because the light is so magnetic and powerful. When Jesus says, be the light of the world, that's why he said it. Because then you become the hope and the grace and the mercy and the love and the justice and the forgiveness that people need. <laughs> that's what he wants for us. It's what he wants from us. And that clearly explains our desperate need for the gospel. Because we can't do enough. But Jesus did. He's already done it. And that's the good news, right? That is the good news that Jesus did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So let's look at this phrase together. Reach your world. Will you pray with me as we start this? God help us. Oh, Jesus come and fill us. Jesus, come and forgive us where we put our efforts and our lack of efforts and our failures out in front and we put those out before us and we say, God, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you look into our lives, Jesus, thank you. And you say, I did, I did, I did. And you cover it all. Receive us this morning, God. Speak into our hearts. Let us leave here different then when we came in, oh God, join us. Speak powerfully through your word to us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Reach your world. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Sounds big. Sounds overwhelming. Is there any way I could get a bottle of water? Is there, is there somebody that could go grab? Yeah. Apparently the drugs make you super dry. <laughs> and I'm like... Cotton mouth, gross. Okay, reach your world. I want to break that down, those three words. Reach your world. What does this mean? What does this mean for us? Reach your world. Reach. I said a while ago, Jesus came in. We had this privilege with Jesus. Now we have a responsibility. What is our responsibility? Matthew 28, Jesus said it clearly. Go make disciples. What does that mean? I don't know how to do that. Well, we're going to do that together and learn and grow and discover that together. But it starts with it becoming a priority. Reach your world. Not just live in it. So when Jesus said, you are not of this world, but you're in this world. So let's recognize our world and let's be about God's business and let's reach our world. Watch this. You will not move people one step closer to Jesus with criticism or with conformity. You will never move one person. You'll never move the dial. You'll never move somebody closer to Jesus through criticism or conformity. You can be as right and critical as you want to be, and you can get into heated arguments all day long and be righteous and understand God's word and make a difference all day long. You'll never move the dial in somebody's heart. 
You can conform and become like them and move and, and, and fit in and hide and not offend anybody. And you'll never move anyone one step closer to Jesus. You'll never, through criticism or conformity, move the Spirit of God. You know what will move the Spirit of God? The hearts of people that are combustible with an ignition of joy and love and justice and faithfulness and kindness and mercy and joy. And when they see God move in us, people are drawn to it. The ignition of God's fire in our hearts. And when we sing and when we speak and when we love and when you go to the basketball game and when you go to the rodeo or the stock show, when you're out in public, when you're on social media, they hear and they feel the love of Jesus in you. Well done. This is what God wants for us. To be used by him to make a difference in our world, not make an argument so compelling that people go, oh yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. Okay, I'll come to Jesus. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. That has to be discovery. Why? Because you're not calling them to faith and grace. It's Jesus calling them to faith and grace. We have to be the light of the world and let Jesus do the impossible things we just sang about, right? That's his job. Our job is to be available. Being a Christian doesn't mean you are right. Being a Christian does not mean you are safe. Our salvation includes elements of both of those things. But Jesus Christ was right and he was safe before he ever came to earth. You with me? Jesus didn't come to earth. His incarnation was not so that he could be right and safe. That's not why he came to earth. Philippians 2 says that Jesus, be like Jesus, is first what it says in verse 5. Be, have this attitude like Jesus, who did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. Even though, even though he was in the form of God, he did not consider his equality as something to be grasped. But he stepped out of heaven. He took on flesh. He became one of us and humbly submitted himself to the hands of men and became a criminal on a cross, took on death. He died even though he didn't have to. And because of that, Jesus Christ exalted him, elevated him, gave him a name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue confess in heaven, on earth, and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord forever and ever. Amen. And he, 
He called you and me into that relationship, not so that we could be right or safe, but so that we could be children of God and that others would see that we live in that glory and that life and that freedom and that joy. And we, we love him because we can't help ourselves. Not because we're supposed to, because we can't help ourselves. This is what he's called us to. Jesus came because he had something else in mind other than being right and safe. He came on mission for you and me. And because he came on mission for you and me, he calls us to that same mission. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief, the enemy, Satan, has come to kill, still, and what? Destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Who is they? Who is they? Romans 10 clearly says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not people who are right or safe or righteous or good. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is who he has assigned to you. It's every person in your world, every person in your little orbit. Jesus wants you to be the light of the world, to reach them for Christ, not fix them, not change them, not set their path or their mind right. Not show them that your church is better than their church. Not humiliate them into stop believing and thinking and practicing this way because it's not good enough. God wants more. It's to be the light and show this is what Jesus has done for me. I want him to do it for you. That's what it looks like to reach your world. This is a great high calling, right? So the second part of this phrase, reach your world. Reach your world. Each one of us has a group of about eight to 15 people that we have an impact with. The Greek word for that is oikos. You're thinking yogurt. It's not yogurt, right? The word oikos literally means household. Your oikos, your orbit, is this little group of friends and people. Some of you struggle because your oikos has one or zero because choices you've made have pushed people aside or choices they've made, you've pulled yourself aside and you said, I'm not really gonna do that with those people or they don't wanna do that with me, fine, I don't need them. And we forget that those people, whether it's one or 20, they need us. Maybe your oikos is your family, 
your immediate family, do they love and know Jesus the way he desires to be known and loved? That's your oikos. That's your orbit. That's your world. And there's a great accountability that comes with that. In fact, Romans 14 says each one of us will give an account to God. What do you do with this truth that he's hidden and put in your heart? What is your message? What is your hope? What is your voice? What is your witness, your ministry? What does that look like? How is your oikos impacted by what God has done for you? Each one of us is going to give an account for that. You don't believe me? This is what the parable of the talents in Luke 19 is all about. When Jesus talked about giving 10 minas or talents to these people, and then what do they do with it? And then the one who doubled, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You did it. And then the one who, like 50% increase, he said, good job, well done. You get five cities to, right? And then the one who said, I protected what was yours. So nobody would take it. I hid it. It's safe. Here's all of it back. And Jesus said, it's not enough. I gave you a mission. You failed that mission. Now he may say to that servant, come into my kingdom. You're still mine. But I gave you this. What did you do with it? And it breaks his heart that we just live our lives and we consume this and we worship and we pray and we go to Bible studies or we have life groups and we take communion. We pray over our children. We pray with them before bed. We read them the scriptures. But still the world around us dies without Jesus. It's heartbreaking for him. It's never going to be enough just to be good. Are you with me? It's never going to be enough. Does it bother you that the people around you, that your friends, your family are dying? Does it bother you that they're fighting battles that they cannot win? No peace? No way out? We should be wrecked by the people around us that don't see and know and experience the love of God, the grace of Jesus, the forgiveness of the Heavenly Father, the joy of walking with Him and, and experiencing Him. If you're a teenager, this is you too. This isn't about the grown ups who have been Christians for years, this is about you. Your world is in desperate need of forgiveness and hope and joy. And he's put you in Panhandle High School and Panhandle Junior High and Panhandle Elementary to be lights. Your world is dying and we have no control over when it comes to an end. No control. I mean... Just this last few weeks, we've seen all this tragedy that has happened around us 
And it's so scary. And in the blink of an eye, it can all be gone. That's why God's put this on us to reach our world, to do something about Jesus with our world. And it's not just your neighbors, it's your enemies as well. It's your enemies as well. Because no matter how much you hate that person, your hatred or your anger at a person because of something they've done to you that was offensive to you, it is not worth eternal separation from God. We get to get over this little bit to make sure that nobody around us is sentenced to death forever. It's not just our friends. That part's easy. It's our enemies. And our sin was so tragic and so devastating and so it removed us so far from God and for him to step into your life and say, no matter what you've done, I want you and even our enemies deserve that kind of love. We don't want it for them, right? Believe me, I've had people in my life, I do not want that for them. But that is not my call. That's Jesus' call. And when he created me and he set me free, set me apart from my sin, when he saved me, he said, Brent, this is no longer your life. You now live for me and they need me. So shut up and get over yourself and start showing the love of Jesus. That's what he means when he says reach your world. Whether we like it or not, we were all born behind enemy lines. Did you know that? You were a citizen of a place far from God until Jesus stepped in. Romans 3, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, Jesus said, in this world, John 16, in this world, you will find trouble. You're born behind enemy lines. But he goes on in that verse to say, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so Jesus steps into our lives and he sets us free and he makes us right with God. Why? Romans 6, because the cost, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is the cost of sin death? Have you ever explored that? Have you ever thought about that? Why is the cost of sin death? Do you know in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve found themselves in a moment tempted by the serpent. You don't know all that God knows. You don't, but there's a way if you'll taste this fruit. And they saw that and they were conflicted between what they wanted and what God wanted. And in that moment, they chose what they wanted. Yeah, we want to be like God too. 
And then they taste the fruit. And then in that moment, their eyes get open. Not only do they realize that they've made a huge mistake, all of a sudden they realize we're naked. This is awkward. I know we're married, but this doesn't feel right. Completely against the way God designed it. God wanted you to be naked. God wanted you to be without shame. God wanted you to be without fear. God wanted you to live in freedom and enjoy everything on this earth except this one thing, one thing, the tiny tree in the middle of the garden. He said, it's all yours except that. They chose that, and so they run from God. And then in a moment where Adam steps back back in near the presence of God. He, he senses and sees God. God says, where have you been? Have we been over here? But the leaves died and they fell off. <laughs> so we killed an animal and took its skin and we covered ourselves. What do you think? And God said, you killed my creation. And in a moment of heartbreak, God said, that is the cost for sin. Death required to cover sin. The wages of sin is death. You with me? And so fast forward to first century Jerusalem when God said, my son is stepping out of heaven, not considering his own equality, but he's stepping into your world, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, incarnation. He steps into our world. Why? To die for our sin. He became the death. You don't have to die ever again. Will your body give up? Yes, I thought mine was Friday. It's gonna happen. That's life as we know it. But life as God designed it is all about us walking and living and breathing and enjoying and singing and worshiping and praising forever in heaven, no longer a prisoner of death. <laughs> it's why we have this responsibility because it's not our life anymore. This is good, man. I don't know about you. Reach your world. Our world has been, is in desperate need of a voice of hope, of a savior, and he's put you there to be that person. He's put you there to be that light. He's given you all you need to see and know and experience radical transformation in people's lives all around you. God wants you where you are so he can do something through you. The world needs 
Jesus. Can I get an amen? We need Jesus. Can I get an amen? We need him continuing to work so that we can continue to experience his forgiveness in our lives every single day. Why? Because we start looking like the world we live in and we need him every single day. The world is dying without Jesus. In the West, we hear a lot, sometimes we talk a lot about places like uh, about places like China. And we just know very, very little about what happens in China. Very little. North Korea, we don't know. We just don't know. But did you know, did you know there is an epic movement of life-changing, life-giving Jesus and salvation that is happening in the underground church in China? Did you know that? There is a powerful movement and these people can't meet in public. They don't have nice buildings. They don't have lights. They don't have a sound system. They meet in these house churches, these underground churches, hiding from the government because the government won't just kick people out for doing it. They'll sentence them to life in prison for preaching the gospel. And in 1949, when China was virtually shut off to the rest of the world, there were about 500,000 Jesus-confessing baptized Christians in China. Did you know today there are over 130 million Christians worshiping in secret places in in China. Do you know that? It's unbelievable. That's just one country. Do yourself a favor sometime and Google underground church in Iran. You'll feel guilty in a really righteous and special way about the things we take for granted in the West, about the things we take for granted, being able to do this right here. And we see more people today than maybe we did a few months ago, even right here at the river. And that's awesome. You're awesome. You're beautiful. And I'm glad we're a part of this. But did you know that Christianity in the United States is growing at a really sleepy, really lame, really lethargic 0.08%? That's disturbing. Why? I'm not here to make you feel guilty but I'm here to be a voice of the Holy Spirit to maybe stir in your heart that God wants to use you in your tiny little world to make way for God to change people's lives. That's why we keep breathing. That's why we exist. That's why we live here. We don't live here because we like the schools. We don't live here because we like the small town community, although we do. 
We live here because God has put us here to change our world for Jesus. It is not your life. It belongs to God. Why? Because when you are a Christian, he died for you, paid the price for your life. We are no longer ours, but his. So everything we hold on to and we hoard and we keep ourselves is sin. You with me? You guys know Shandy Porter, right? Shandy. Shandy is a missionary in Nicaragua. Come on up here, girl. Shandy is a missionary in Nicaragua. She is doing God's work in a very special place. She's our friend, right? And she is doing the work of God that we do not want to do. I don't know either. I'm new. Is it? How about now? Is it? Did I break it, Tanner? I did. It was not you. It was totally me. Shandy, tell us what God is doing in Nicaragua. Pretty awesome, right? We're going to get it working in just a minute. Shandy, listen, she, she is supported in part by your giving your faithfulness at the river. But let me make something clear about that. You don't give to accomplish something. We give to be faithful to God. And when we are faithful to God, go, Shandy. Okay. I didn't break it. It was the batteries. Um, well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Shandy. This month, actually, I will be completing a five years of living in Nicaragua. Um, and the river has supported me through everything. I, my sister, you probably all know her, Brittany. Um, she told me not to make her cry, but that's kind of my, my goal as a sister, right? I'll just kind of explain a little bit of what I do. So I teach kids from preschool, preschool to sixth grade. I teach English, and it kind of just entails everything we see a lot. Um, if there's any teachers here, you know that your work doesn't end at school. You go home, you think about your kids, you wonder if they're being fed, you wonder what they're doing. Just last week or two weeks ago, I was driving down the road and I saw one of my sixth graders who actually had to drop out of school carrying bags of trash and that's how he um, supports his family. He had to drop out of school and sell plastic and that's just kind of our reality. Like I said, we see pretty much everything, but our goal, my goal is to show kids love um, through me, Jesus' love through me um, and here's where I'll share a little bit. One time my dad told me, sometimes you're not going to see the fruit immediately. Sometimes your job is just to plant a seed. And I'll give my sister as an example. <laughs> a couple of years ago, it was my goal. My sister needs to get into church. I need to share Jesus' love to my sister. Um, and my dad said, sometimes it's just planting a seed. And now we're here, and I can see the harvest just by planting the seed. 
by saying, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, let's go to church. Hey, you want to do this with me? Um, just taking her by the hand, and now we all see the harvest. She's here. She's plugged in. And that's what I want to share is that sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't know. I can't go to Iran, or I can't go to China, or I can't move to Nicaragua. But sometimes it's just stepping out, and your seed that you plant could be your neighbor or the cashier at the grocery store, or somebody on the street that you run into, sometimes that's your world. And sometimes it's uncomfortable and it's overwhelming and you don't know where to start, but Jesus calls us to love people. And sometimes, like he said, it could be people that are unlovable. Um, and a seed that I recently saw harvest was a girl that I taught one year in high school um, in my classes, she was always like, I hate English. I hate this class. I hate everything. I'm, I'm just going to live my life. I'm, I don't have any aspirations for anything. And about two months ago, um, she came to school, and she pulled me aside. She said, I just want to thank you because now I have a job um, at a call center using English. And if it weren't for you and you pushing me forward and encouraging me and showing me that love, I wouldn't be helping my family. And that's how my family is ultimately going to be taken out of poverty. So it starts with the seed. It could be, like I said, your neighbor, your friend, your grandma, whoever Jesus puts on your heart. But that's where it starts. And I just want to say thank you for always supporting me and for pushing me forward through everything. And ask you to be praying. Our students are actually going back to school tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first day of school. Um, so just be praying for them to have a good year and help us to have the strength to encourage them and, and show them the love that we've been talking about. Beautiful, Shandy. If you'll come right over here. We're so proud of you and grateful for you. Would, would you do me a favor? Would you just reach a hand forward? We're going to pray for Shandy and the work in Nicaragua right now. God, thank you for using Shandy, for putting it on her heart, for filling her with your presence and your power. God, I pray that you would descend on her as she's home. Give her rest in the name of Jesus. Give her vision and clarity and new ideas and support and send her back with grace and dignity, and mercy, and health, and rest, and recovery, and joy, and excitement. God, protect her as she travels home to be with her people. And I pray, God, as those children start school this week, that you would open their hearts and their ears and their minds, that their parents, that the neighborhoods, that the city, that the country, that the world would see you alive in Shandy and others like her and point them to the grace found only in Jesus. Give Shandy the words. Give her endurance. Give her the resources. In the name of Jesus, put it on our hearts to partner with her and see you do something in the world that nobody can do, only you. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Keep going. We're so proud of you. Thankful for you, Shandy.
resistance, resistance to and hunger for God and all his things and all his ways, those are not just in faraway places. It's right out this door. People are resistant to because of the experiences they've had with other Christians. Okay, maybe we made some mistakes along the way. But the resistance is not to you, it's to the God of grace. There are people outside in our little world that hunger for God. They don't even know it. We sure don't know it. But every one of them are waiting, depending on us to help them see. Every one of us. So here's my challenge for us. Our good is never going to be good enough. No matter how good we are here together, it'll never be enough. So I want to ask you with me, let's don't settle for good. Let's seek the face of God together, walking with him in worship, in prayer, and in his word, spending time with him so that what's on the inside comes out when we're at Thriftway and we get squeezed a little. You with me? When we're in the parking lot and we get squeezed a little. Well done, Cody. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Well done. The world is watching and they need us to say, we messed up. We got Jesus. And now we are righteous because of him, not just right. We are safe because he died for our sins. But that salvation is for eternity, not just here. Let's be a part of the movement and the work of God so that people see the light and they run to it. Reach your world starting today. Let's do that. Are you with me? Are you with me? Man, God wants us to be a part of his mission. He wants that for us. Let's do this in the name of Jesus and watch our world get rocked by the goodness of God. That's what he wants for us. Let's do this. I'm going to pray when we're done. We're going to worship God in song. There's going to be some people in the corners of this room. Maybe this morning you say, I want to help. I want to be a part, but I'm just not sure how. Come see us. We want to pray for you. Speak God's word over you. Let him show you what he wants for you. Some of you have hurts that you've brought into this place and you say, I want to be an impact for God, but I mean, I just, I'm dealing with this, this depression, this loneliness, this anger, this addiction, this fear, whatever it is, come, let us pray with you, for you, speak God's word over you and let God set you free. Maybe this morning you say, I hear you talk about Jesus and I hear you talk about death and life and forgiveness and mercy and I don't exactly know what that means. Do you want to know Jesus? Come. Let us share that with you. I'll be sitting right here. 
If you want to go out in the lobby and just talk about Jesus and see what it means to follow him, we'll go. We'll get out of here. I'll spend the day with you. Whatever. Let's, let's be about that. And then tomorrow, when you're at work and you have an opportunity, speak grace. Speak life. Be Jesus. Give it away. It's not yours. It's his. Let's do this. In the name of Jesus, that's what we're about. God, you are so kind and generous and faithful. You've done everything for us that we ever were expected to need. God, you fulfilled every promise you've ever made, except for the one where you will return for us. And God, I pray that you make us ready for that. God, you have satisfied every draft on every account that we have ever left open. God, you made a way for us that we could not make for ourselves. God, you did the thing that we needed the very most. You died for our sin and made us right with you. God, let us be about that in the world. God, make the gospel our mission, our vision, our dream, our expectation. God, use us in that way. And then Jesus, with all my heart, I believe all the other things, the needs, the wants, the desires, the dreams will satisfy themselves. You are enough, God. Let us see, know, and believe that. Thank you for this great privilege. We worship you in spirit and truth today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.